0: Alright, I'm wired up now. Okay. God bless you all and Merry Christmas to all of you. Thank you. It certainly feels wonderful to be uh, fellowshipping with like-minded brothers and sisters. And let me tell you, it's getting harder and harder to find like-minded brothers and sisters. Churches that are Founded solidly in the Word of God. As a matter of fact, we are in the process of um, uh, reevaluating those who we are affiliated with in our congregation, New Jerusalem Baptist Church, and rethinking because of the things that are going on where you see organizations that seem to be solid in the Word of God, departing more and more away from the Word of God and becoming more and more like the world. And I'm not talking about uh, churches like the prosperity churches. I'm talking about Baptist organizations that are... um, Adopting more of the world ideologies and philosophies, and catering for uh, certain lifestyles that they don't want to offend. And um, the gospel is going to offend people. Doesn't matter how nice you try to put it, it will offend because there will be those that will oppose a salvation by faith alone in Christ alone, by the Savior who died on the cross and resurrected. It's going to offend Muslims. It's going to offend Buddhists. It's going to offend many people. And we can't walk away from the truth just because it's going to offend people. We can't cater to the world because the Word of God is going to offend them. We have to be loving as we deliver the Word of God, but we have to be bold as Brother uh, Doug was praying. You know? And so it feels very good. I, you know, believe me when I say this: to be fellowshipping with such a wonderful group of brothers and sisters, uh, Sovereign Grace Church—one uh, sister church that I'm glad we found. You know, amen. amen. Uh, back when Pastor Roman visited our congregation to preach. Um, He couldn't speak the heavenly language, Spanish, so I was translating. (laughs) But here, the heavenly language is English, so I will speak only English. And the people in my congregation, um, the sermon I'm preaching today is the same one I preached last Sunday. El sermón que yo prediqué el domingo pasado es el que voy a predicar hoy, así que si alguno de ustedes no lo... Entienden inglés. Recuérdese de lo que prediqué la semana pasada. I'm just translating for them because I reverted back to speaking the heavenly English language. All right, so so as uh, uh, you can remain seated, and the passage that Pastor Roman read is the passage on which I will be delivering the sermon this uh, wonderful morning, and I'll just read it um, briefly. Uh, Luke 10. Verses 38 through 42. And it says, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, speaking of Jesus, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving. I believe in the version you read, it says um, she was busy or worried or something like that. Distracted, thank you. And came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. And I just want to pray before I start. Father, we thank you for this wonderful privilege that you've granted us of two local churches fellowshipping together as you intended it, Father. And we thank you for your truth. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the privilege we've uh, enjoyed this morning of singing, praising you with songs. And now we prepare to receive your word as part of our worship to you. We ask, Father, that you help us be attentive to your word, not to just be listeners of your word, but doers of your word. That your word impacts our lives each and every day. That when we walk out of here today, we walk with new knowledge of your word, new strength, new desire to fulfill your word and live your word and so we ask that your spirit would work in our hearts and shape us into that into that wonderful precious image of your son Jesus Christ and that we may keep our focus on who that one is that we are celebrating today your greatest gift the reason for celebrating Christmas. We thank you and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are in holiday seasons. We just uh, had Thanksgiving celebration not too long ago. And now we're just a few days away from uh, the Christmas celebration. And how many of you have decorated your homes? I know that many people decorate their homes. Maybe some don't, you know, for whatever reasons, and some do for whatever reasons. Uh, It's exciting, though. It's exciting. And some of you may have plans to travel. How many of you have done your Christmas shopping yet? Some of you, most of you, have the ones who didn't raise your hands, are probably waiting till the day before, right? You're bold, let me tell you, because after Thanksgiving, my feet don't walk into any stores. I will not go to the mall or Walmart or anything like that after Thanksgiving. My wife is braver than I. She will go. I won't. All right? So, those of you who are waiting uh, till the day before, man, I wish I had your courage. All right. Some of you are going to spend it in your homes, probably, and you might have guests coming in, which is wonderful. Uh, perhaps some of you are not having anyone over. Maybe you just want to spend it alone with uh, your family, and which is wonderful also. It's, uh, it's a wonderful thing either way and it 's exciting, and you might uh, be wondering what kind of Christmas message will come out of uh, this passage that we read of luke ten thirty eight through forty two and let me tell you there is a an important teaching in this passage that helps us keep our focus in the one makes Christmas possible. You know, we get carried away with the decorations and we get carried away with the buying of gifts and presents. And I'm not saying those are bad things. Those are wonderful things that we enjoy. But my wife was telling me this morning that uh, she was, um, I don't know what store she was in, getting some things... And she saw this couple where the wife was going over a list of people um, who they had not bought presents for yet. And, you know, the uncle, the aunt, the granddaughter, the grandchild, the son, the daughter, the cousin, and so forth. And at one point, I guess the gentleman said, we're about, we're going to spend about $500 here. So you could see in this person, or you could hear in this person, the frustration, the worry of this. And she would say things like, Oh, don't worry, just use your credit card. That's easy to say, right? But when it comes time to make the payments, at what, 24% interest or something like that? That brings further frustrations and anxieties and worries. And let me tell you, it is a distraction. It is a distraction. And so, that is the purpose of this message, is to not be distracted. We can get distracted with the commerciality of it. With the aspect of celebration, which is a good thing. I'm not saying that celebrating Christmas is wrong. It's when we get carried away that can become a problem. And we read in verse 38 that as Jesus was passing, he and his disciples um, entered a certain village. And they went into Martha's house. And isn't that exciting? Wouldn't you have been excited to receive Jesus in your house? To experience him visually, physically. To have contact with him. To talk to him. To listen to him. To serve him. But you know what? I feel more privileged than Martha did. Even though I didn't have the privilege she had, we are more privileged than she is. Because the Lord Jesus, our Savior, has made His dwelling abode in you and in me. That is a greater privilege than just a mere visitation to serve food to somebody who is going to be leaving the next day. He dwells in you and I, and it's a permanent dwelling. For those of us who have trusted in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. For those of us who have believed and trusted in Him and believed the gospel of salvation, the gospel of grace, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the true meaning of Christmas, which is that God has loved So loved the world that He gave us His only begotten Son, so that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That is the true meaning of Christmas. The gift of God for His people. And that now, according to Romans 8, the Spirit of Christ dwells in us. And so that is a greater thing. A better privilege than what Martha experienced, I think. You know, to have the very presence of Christ in you. Wonderful privilege. That is Christmas. And so it's not just the 25th of December. That is something that dwells in you every day of the year. It is Christmas every day for us. Every single day... It is Christmas. What a wonderful privilege. And what a wonderful privilege it is to serve him also. Let us get into that because in this uh, narrative, uh, we are told that in verse 39, that Martha had a sister whose name was Mary. And she sat at Jesus' feet. To hear him speak, to hear his word. That was the posture of a student, of a disciple. And we need to be disciples of Jesus. We need to sit at his feet. And we know this story, right? We've heard this story before. Where we know that while Martha was busy doing all her things, I imagine she was in the kitchen making preparations to serve food. Her guest and Mary was sitting at his feet. Now, I'm not going to say that Mary was spoiled and they didn't do anything in the house, that would be the wrong idea. You know, we can speculate and, and uh, know that Mary was just as hard working uh, hard working woman as Martha was, and that she had per- perhaps already done enough in the kitchen, and it was time to sit down at the Master's feet. And sometimes we need to do that. Sometimes we need to realize when enough is enough and spend some time with Jesus. We need to set aside time for Jesus and sit at His feet. And so how do you spend your time with Jesus? Whether it's devotion in the morning, or it's prayer, or a reading of the scriptures, or maybe on your way to work, listening to some worship music, however it is, you need to do that, we all need to do that, we need to spend time with Jesus, we need to listen to our Lord, so how do you spend that time with the Lord, how are you spending it this season? Not saying that we need to neglect our duties, but we need to take time to spend with our Lord. And we see in verse 40 that for those of you who teach at um, Grace Academy, uh, is this a conjunction, but? The word but? An adversative or acceptive conjun- conjunction? Am I right? Teachers? I think, I mean, I I don't know, I may be wrong, but the important thing about this word is that it's contrary to what was being said in verse 39, where in verse 39 we read that Mary sat at the feet of Jesus, but Martha, meaning that Martha was doing the opposite, And I like the reading um, in the version that Pastor Roman was reading. In my version, it says cumbered. Uh, Some of us may not understand what cumbered means, but distracted is a clearer word, right? Martha was distracted, but wait a minute, she was focusing on work. So what or who was she distracted from? That's the key right there. Distraction. And so, let me bring you back to the story I was telling you earlier about the uh, married couple that my wife was telling me about this morning. They were distracted. They were doing a good thing. They were buying gifts for the people they love. There's nothing wrong with that. But there was so much going on there that... If we were to act that way, we would be distracted too. We'd be distracted from the person, because it's not just the holiday, it's the person who we are celebrating today, Jesus Christ. And so what Luke is telling us now is that, or he's indicating that, Something contrary to what was said in verse 39 is going on. While Mary was sitting attentive to Jesus, spending time with Jesus, Martha was distracted. And it tells us here that Martha was cumbered about much serving. Notice that it wasn't the fact that she was serving, but that she was much serving. And we can get carried away in the celebration with much serving, much buying, much preparation. You notice the pattern there? The word much makes the difference. We can do many things that can distract us. While doing a good thing, it can turn into a bad thing. can turn into a distraction and so Mary is taking time to spend with Jesus but Martha is worried with many things in the house now let me let me just because I don't want to make Martha the bad person here but how would you feel if you're doing all the work in the house and the person who's supposed to be helping you is just sitting down. I mean, we got to give Martha some credit here. She must have felt frustrated, anxious, angry. If we put ourselves in her position, definitely we're going to feel like that. We're going to feel all these emotions And so let's give her some credit, you know. She was frustrated and irritated, anxious, stressed. And my question is, was she doing anything wrong in and of itself? Was was the serving part of it wrong in itself? There's nothing wrong with serving. There's nothing wrong with serving especially someone like Jesus. And let's bring that to our contemporary um, uh, context. There's nothing wrong with the celebration itself. There's nothing wrong with the buying of the presents and the preparations. Those are all good things. But we can take a good thing and turn it into something that is counterproductive. If we become, as it says here, cumbered or distracted about much to do, that can turn it into something that's not beneficial. So we all agree that Martha wasn't doing anything wrong in and of itself. The duties that she was doing weren't wrong. I mean, there's nothing wrong with serving your guest. There's nothing wrong with being uh, practicing hospitality. But if we read in verse 41, we see what Jesus says. He points out what was wrong with that. And Jesus tells Martha that you are careful, or in the version that Pastor Roman read, worried, right? Is that what it says? You are worried and troubled about, here we see the word again, many things. It was one thing if Jesus said, would have said you're, you're worried and, and troubled about things. It wasn't things themselves, it was many things, You're doing too much, Martha. And some of us here today may be Marthas. Doing many things, too much. Going um, to the extremes. Not just in the celebration in our everyday lives. We work too much. We spend too much time with the TV. We spend too much time on this or too much time on that. Not that those things are bad or evil in and of themselves, but too much of it distracting us from the important things can be a bad thing. Just like drinking too much water, and poison you. Water in and of itself is not bad, but if you overdo it, you dilute the salts in your blood and it becomes poisonous. And so in the same manner, doing too much can become toxic to our lives, especially when we are distracted from the things that benefit us spiritually, the things that benefit us in our spiritual growth in our fellowship with God, with Jesus, with each other as brothers and sisters. So Martha was doing more than was, than was needed. And I want to ask you, how are you feeling in this season? Are you feeling like Martha? Is that how you're feeling? Not just this season, but... Have you felt like this all the time? And are you feeling like this all the time? Perhaps you are too worried about too many things. And it is time to take some of that time to sit at the feet of Jesus, to have fellowship with the Lord, to pray, to read His Word to have that devotion with Him. We need to take that time. And not just this season, but each and every day of our lives. And um, this season, ironically, calls people to be joyful. And instead we see bitter people and anguished people and aggressive people stressed, angry, anxious. It's because people have lost their focus. They are distracted. And of course, the majority are people who don't even know the Lord. No wonder they're being the way they are. But it should not not be so for the people of God. If anything, we should be shining that light to them that, listen... There's something better than what you've chosen. Come with me and choose the better part, which is to serve the Lord. Is this season or, let's go beyond the season, let's go with your lifestyle. Is the lifestyle that you're living causing you too much stress? Is it making you anxious? Are you feeling like Martha? Because if that is the case, then it is time for you to take part of the better part like Mary did and sit at her feet. It's a wonderful time. We just don't stop and think about it. Right now, we're sitting at the feet of Jesus while we're fellowshipping here. And doesn't it feel wonderful? Doesn't it feel peaceful? Doesn't it give you that tranquility and strength? Just getting away from everything else and fellowshipping with the Lord and with each other. Imagine if you could do this a little bit every day. You can have this peace, tranquility, strength. Everything that comes with sitting at the feet of Jesus. If we take time every day to devote ourselves to the Lord. Some devotion time. Morning or evening or both. It is a wonderful, wonderful feeling. And in verse uh, 41, as I mentioned, Jesus tells Martha that she is too worried and troubled about many things. And it is those many things that distract us from spending the time with Jesus. Now, these many things, again, are not evil in themselves. Um. Let us, we can have a, a list of examples of things that we do every day. Some people are involved with their kids in music class or they're involved with their kids in uh, karate or sports or, or things like that. Maybe spending time with friends. Uh, it, every Friday I have to spend time with my friends, which is not wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think it's time to start checking our list and shrinking it a little bit. Sometimes our lists are beyond our capabilities. Sometimes our lists are bigger than ourselves. And the time in the list goes beyond the 24 hours of each day. And you're going to sacrifice something. If you don't sacrifice something in that list, you're either going to sacrifice your family, you're going to sacrifice your sleep, you're going to sacrifice church. Something's got to go, something's got to give, right? So I think it's time we took a look at that list and start crossing things out that are not necessarily beneficial so that we can focus on the things that are Important. I had a chiropractor that, um, he says he rarely works on Saturdays. And he says, Sundays I will de- definitely not work. Because Sundays are for God and family. I think he had a good list. He has it narrowed down to the important things. We need to do the same. We need to start crossing off things in our list and rule out those things that are distracting us from Christ. We have to be aware of what, when we have done enough and call it a day. We need to do that. We need to know when we're doing too much and call it a day. Because we need to know when to make time for Jesus. He should be the first thing in our mind when we wake up. He should be the first thought in our minds when we're working, when we're driving, when we're spending time with our family. All the time. I'm very sure that you think about Jesus constantly. But I'm hoping that that thought is not a guilty thought. I haven't spent time with my Lord. Because as a believer, He will be in your mind, believe me. And I I know that you agree with me. He's always in your mind. But I hope and pray that, like I said, that you don't have a guilty feeling of, I haven't devoted any time to the Lord today. That you can have them in a positive way in your thoughts or in a negative way and so we need to turn it into the positive we need to stop being cumbersome in what we're doing anxious doing too much and know when to call it a day in verse 42 Jesus tells Martha one thing is needful only one thing is needful and he points out to Martha that Mary has chosen that one good part. The thing that is needful is for us to spend time with Jesus. That is the needful thing. Notice that he says one thing is needful. We need to eat, right? We need to work in order to eat. And there's many things we need to do. But they are not as needful as spending time with Jesus. And I'm not saying that it's wrong to work overtime. Sometimes it comes in good, right? To pay that unforeseen bill, car broke down or something had to be fixed in the house and you needed the extra cash. There's nothing wrong with that. Bible praises a hardworking person. But we have to know when to Call it a day. We need to know when it's time for Jesus. Too much work is going to cause me to be distracted from Jesus. One of the things a pastor has to do, Pastor Roman can confirm this, is balancing his schedule. You know, it's how can a pastor talk about time and schedule when his life is not balanced, when his schedule is all over the place. When his schedule is just like Martha's. And so, as a pastor who has to constantly battle with balancing the schedule, and I'm already foreseeing for next year some more crossing-offs of my list in order to have a better balanced schedule so that my devotion with Jesus is not only quantity of time but quality of time. That when I sit to read and study His Word that I'm not thinking of other things that will be distracting me. i got to hurry up and read this passage because I have to make this phone call. No, His time is His time. Not because it's going to benefit Jesus. He's God. He's the Creator. He's Lord of the universe. It's because I need Him. Because you need Him. That we need to spend this time with Him. And everything else in comparison to Jesus is unnecessary. Everything else that we are overdoing is unnecessary. So it is not only the important thing, but the necessary thing. To sit at the feet of our Savior. That is the good part. And when Jesus told Martha that Mary has chosen the good part, I want us to understand that Jesus was not telling her, That Mary chose the good out of the good and the bad. But that she chose the better of two good things. Martha was trying to serve Jesus. But Mary paid better service to Jesus by leaving aside the extras and sitting at his feet. And so we need to set aside the extras to choose the better part. We're not to leave our family unattended, of course not. We're not to neglect our jobs, of course not. And all the other things that we routinely do, it's not that that we are to neglect any of that, but that we need to know when enough is enough. I've done enough here, and I've done enough there. It's time to spend the rest of the time with Jesus. And so this Christmas, let us not go overboard. Again, it's very nice to buy presents and to receive presents. But we could go overboard, right? And how do you know when you get the bill next month? Yes? It is nice, but you know what? You can't please the whole world. You can't please every single member of your family. You can't please every single friend of yours. We got to draw the line at some point before we get caught up with the world and becoming commercialized like the world. Jesus is not commerce. He's not a market. He's a Lord and Savior. He is the person who we are going to spend eternity with. And so let us start growing in this relationship with Him. In this knowing Him each and every day and becoming more and more like Him. Because that's what we were predestined to, right? According to Romans chapter 8, that we were foreknown and predestined to be made into the image of Christ. The more we know Christ, the more we're going to act like Him and think like Him and look like Him in our everyday life. I don't know how many of you look like your friends or somebody that you admire because you spend the time with that person. And there are certain qualities and features that you love about this person and you learn them and you make them part of your life. That's what we're supposed to do with Jesus. Loving every single bit of him, and learning to be like that. What is it the Westminster's Confession of Faith says? Uh, That first question: that what is man's chief purpose? To glorify God and what? Enjoy Him forever. Take time to enjoy Christ. Enjoy your Savior. Christmas is a beautiful season but it's meaningless if you're not enjoying your savior. We need to enjoy the gift that God has given us. And distractions will not let you enjoy Christ. I've heard Christians say I hate Christmas. If that should if if anyone if there's anyone from whom Those words should never come out as from a Christian. But I've heard Christians saying, I hate Christmas. Because of all the shopping and all the preparations and all this and all that. Then I think this person needs to start crossing things off of his list. And focusing on the true Christmas, which is the gift of God to mankind, his son Jesus Christ. That is to sit at the feet of Jesus. And so, the privilege of this is that Jesus says that this part shall not be taken away from her. You know, you could lose your job. And you could lose... Friends, and you could lose family. And without that, you won't have the commercialized, socialized aspect of Christmas. But you shall keep the important part, which is Christ himself. See, I start thinking about brothers and sisters around the world who don't know how to celebrate Christmas like we do. They don't have the privilege of going to the mall or ordering online. They don't even know what, what the internet is. But at the end of the day, they're sitting at the feet of Jesus. At the end of the day, on the 25th of December, if, if they celebrate it, I'm assuming that the world has become Americanized enough that at least most of the world knows what the 25th of December is for us. So if they do celebrate it, I bet they have a better time than you and I. They sit at the feet of Jesus. They take time away from their cumbersome, their worrisome lives. And they sit at the feet of Jesus. They are fed by the words of Jesus and so let us have that privilege also so let me ask you the question how are you going to spend this season are you going to spend it at the feet of Jesus or are you going to be distracted with much serving I think we should all choose the better part, which is to sit at the feet of Jesus. But how also are you going to spend the rest of next year? Not just Christmas. If we're going to make changes that will allow us to sit at the feet of Jesus, it has to be a permanent change. It has to be something that we can enjoy every day of our lives. To serve Him by sitting at His feet. To being led by Him. To being lorded by Him. To be submissive and subordinate to Him. That is to sit at the feet of Jesus. So, my exhortation to you is just leave all the worries aside well, I couldn't get a gift for my sister this year, or my mother, or my father. It's not going to be the end of the world. At the end of the day, if they're believers, they'll have Jesus. You just tell them, dad, or mom, or sis, or brother, you need to sit at the the feet of Jesus. I couldn't get you a gift, but guess what? You You get to have devotion with Jesus. Isn't that the better part? And so if you don't get an ugly sweater this year, you get to sit at the feet of Jesus. Isn't that better? Let us pray because I um, preached the sermon for a second time and I thought it was going to be A repetition of what I said but God has spoken to me a second time through this sermon and so I know that He has spoken to all of us through His Word and um, we, uh, we can all make changes in our busy lives and especially when it comes to seasons like Christmas where we can get cumbersome and worrisome and anxious like Martha did. It's time to spend time with Jesus. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word once again. And we thank you for the privilege you give us to sit at the feet of your Son, and help us make this a reality, help us make this a true experience in our lives. We can become very cumbered and distracted, worried, anxious about the everyday life, the everyday business. And we forget to spend time with you. We, we forget to have that devotion time. And so we ask that you would stir our hearts every day. So that we have the urge. That we have the need, the desire constantly, to seek you and to have devotion with you, to have fellowship with you. Not that we are going to neglect our responsibilities with our families and friends and our jobs and all the other things that are needed in life, but that we are stirred to the point where we can arrive at that point in which we can say only one thing is needed. I have done enough for today and the one thing that I need, I must have. And that is the time with your Son, Jesus Christ. Devotional time. Fellowship with your Son. So Father, there are those who perhaps have lost focus on what Christmas is, help us not to lose that focus, Father. Help us to focus not just on Christmas Day, every single day of our lives. Focus on Your Son, Jesus. And that we may grow each and every day To be more like your son, Jesus. Father, we thank you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.